In the last episode, we talked about the concept of languishing. It's this middle state in mental health where we're not necessarily struggling with mental illness, but we're also not flourishing. We just feel meh, stuck, empty, and unsatisfied. This is the place where many of us find ourselves these days. We are entering the third year of the pandemic, and just when we think we're coming out of it, a new outbreak unleashes, and we feel like we're stuck in an endless cycle. It's hard to make plans and move forward into a new normal because every time we do, something else gets canceled or the rules change and we find ourselves starting all over again. At some point, it kind of becomes easier to just throw up our hands and give up, to escape from the frustrations and the hard and dive into the endless world of streaming TV shows, never-ending social media feeds, and the always available fiction adventures. We ignore the pull in our hearts, the calling in our bones to do something that matters with this one precious life, and instead, we put everything on hold, waiting, numbing out, and escaping, hoping that maybe someday the pandemic and the hard will be over and life will start getting better for us. But that's not actually how life works. A full and abundant life never happens on accident or with just enough patience and waiting. A full and abundant life only happens because of the intentional pursuit of meaning and purpose in the midst of whatever hard and complicated reality we face. Goodness, abundance, meaning, and purpose are still available to us now even in the midst of a never-ending pandemic that feels frustrating and overwhelming. We learned in the last episode that hiding out in our distractions of TV, reading, social media, or whatever buffer you choose to escape the hard in life doesn't actually solve our problems. It keeps us stuck, frustrated, and empty. My challenge to you in the last episode was to go find your people and do something fun. Our first step was simply to notice what it feels like to actively engage with our actual life again, to stop escaping and numbing and be present to the reality right in front of us. And so we picked our favorite people and something fun because that is the easiest first step. It doesn't take much willpower for you to go do something enjoyable with people you enjoy spending time with. Today, I want us to continue this discussion to help us move further in this quest to actively engage with our actual lives. We're going to talk about flow. Flow is an experience of total absorption in the task at hand, where you completely lose track of time and space. It's an idea discovered by a psychologist named Mihai Csikszentmihalyi. And if you want to look up his work, be sure to check out the show notes where I'll have links. And you can also see the spelling of his name because I promise Mihai Csikszentmihalyi is not spelled at all like you think it is. Anyways, we've all experienced flow at one point or another. You're doing something and suddenly you look up and it's been five hours and you don't know where the time has gone. And you don't know how you didn't even notice that the time was moving so fast. Flow can happen when you're watching Netflix. Flow often happens when elite athletes play their sports. I experience flow when I read fiction. My husband and kids experience flow when they play video games together. 
runners regularly experience flow out on a long run, and we call it a runner's high. Some people experience flow at work. It can happen in nearly every area of life. And science tells us that the more we experience flow, the more satisfying our life will be. Flow is actually the best predictor of well-being. The more often you're in a flow state, the more enjoyable your life experience will be. But all flow is not created equally. Sometimes our experience of flow doesn't lead to more meaning and satisfaction. Sometimes when we come out of a flow state, we still feel stuck and empty. So what's that about? Keep listening to find out. Hey friend, you're listening to episode 29 of the Working Moms Balance podcast. I'm Tracy Kulwicki, wife, mom of two, full-time employee, and well-being educator. Just like you, I'm striving to balance every area of my life and enjoy it all in the process. My goal with this podcast is to inspire, motivate, and teach you practical research-based strategies to help you thrive. A happy, satisfying life of purpose is possible. Together, we'll learn how to move from languishing to flourishing. Let's get started. Way back in August of 2019, I started pursuing a master's degree. I knew that this would be a challenging endeavor, so in an effort to plan ahead and take care of myself, I decided to start reading fiction. Previously, I had sometimes read fiction, but it was actually quite rare. I much preferred nonfiction because it felt more meaningful to me. I love learning, so I'm constantly diving into new books to better understand the world or learn a new concept. Reading fiction for pleasure is a nice idea, but it just wasn't something I usually was drawn to when there were so many nonfiction books that could teach me new things. But I knew going into a master's degree program that I'd need an outlet. I'd need an activity that wasn't about learning or self-development. I needed a break, a chance to rest, to escape, and to have a little fun visiting a fictional world. So I walked to the other side of the library, and I rediscovered the world of fiction. I couldn't wait to get my homework done each week so I could dive into my latest book and find out what happened next. It was great. I had found this activity that helped me relax and refresh myself in the midst of being a full-time employee, full-time grad student, wife, and mom of two. Growing up, my mom read fiction books all the time, and we always joked about her being in bookland. Don't bother mom, she's in bookland. Bookland takes us back to our understanding of flow. If you've ever been in bookland, you have experienced flow. You're so absorbed in the story that you are fully capable of shutting out all the distractions around you. When mom is in bookland, she doesn't notice the dishes in the sink, the bickering kids, or the endless to-do list. I mean, my husband is never distracted by these things, but for moms, it's a little harder to get into this distraction-free space. But it's important to get there sometimes, especially with an activity we actually enjoy. If you don't have an activity that you pursue that is fun and allows you the opportunity to ignore the stressors and distractions of life, you need to find one. Moms need to have fun and relax and enjoy their lives, even if this means the dishes stay dirty for a few extra hours. So way back in 2019, when I started my grad program, I rediscovered the wonder and the beauty of Bookland. 
and it was awesome. It helped me survive the newly added stress of grad school, and it taught me how to give myself a chance to relax. And while in grad school, I learned a lot about flow and how important it is in our lives. I knew that when life feels hard, one of the ways to make it better is to pursue more experiences of flow. And I recognized that for me, Bookland was a great way to experience flow. Then 2020 came. I'm continuing to work full-time, go to school full-time, be a wife and a mom, and now we're adding in a global pandemic where my kids start attending school virtually, my husband is laid off and starts his own business, and I'm nearing the point of losing my actual mind trying to keep up with all the stress and the things that I need to do. But somehow, I survive it all, and in December 2020, I graduate with my master's degree, and shortly after, we start a new year. It's 2021. Things have got to be better than 2020, right? That's what we were all thinking. So I've graduated from school. There's a vaccine available. Things are starting to look up at this point. And then that idea kind of crashes as we all quickly realize that maybe 2021 wasn't going to be all that much better than 2020. Sure, some things were better, and my schedule was a little nicer because I'm no longer going to school, so I've got the flexibility to do more to take care of myself. So I do what my studies have told me to do, to live a more productive and happy life and experience more well-being, we should pursue more experiences of flow. So I grab my Kindle and download all the books. I dive headfirst into Bookland at every opportunity. And for a while, this is fine. After all that happened in 2020, I need rest and relaxation. And this helps me get it. But after a while, I started to notice that I just felt meh. I'm loving my books while I'm reading them. But when I do come out of bookland and look around, I just feel stuck and empty. This real life around me just looks not fun and hard and boring and complicated. Let's just go back to Bookland. And this, my friends, is how I read over 150 books in 2021. And instead of feeling excited and proud of that accomplishment, I actually feel meh. While Bookland, for me, started out as a healthy experience of flow, over time it became what Mihai Csikszentmihalyi termed junk flow. Junk flow happens when the superficial experience of initial flow becomes an addiction instead of a source of growth. Instead of helping us find more meaning and satisfaction in our lives, junk flow provides us with no meaning, no way to grow, and no hope for our future. We become trapped in a cycle of short-term enjoyment that does nothing to improve our lives. It turns out that just because you are engaging in an activity that fully absorbs your attention and allows you to lose track of time and space, it doesn't guarantee that this is actually a healthy activity. I mean, people on drugs can stare at lights for hours, completely absorbed in what they're seeing, but I think we can all agree that maybe this isn't the best use of a life. We don't want to live passively engaged in an artificial world. And how many of us have fallen into the trap of doing just that more often than we'd like to admit over the last couple of years? 
Maybe you don't read, but has there been an increase in the time you spend watching TV or scrolling through your phone or playing phone and video games or even drinking to help you escape the challenges we've been experiencing in the real world? Remember, the cure for languishing, this empty, meh, unsatisfied feeling that many of us are experiencing is active engagement in our actual lives, not passively escaping into fictional worlds. Binging is a temporary escape from languishing, but it is not a cure. Adam Grant is the psychologist who made the term languishing popular last year. And later in the year, he gave a TED Talk where he presented what he called peak flow theory. Peak flow leads to satisfaction, creativity, and more joy and productivity in our life. Junk flow, on the other hand, leaves people feeling less happy, more dissatisfied, and stuck. Adam Grant tells us that there are three aspects that must be in place in order to experience peak flow. These three things are mastery, mindfulness, and mattering. Mastery is the strongest factor in daily motivation and joy. Mastery is that sense of progress. Even small accomplishments matter. When we are making progress in an area of our lives, it gives us momentum, which is the opposite of the stuck and stagnant feeling we get when we're languishing. To find flow in an activity, the activity itself must provide the right level of challenge. If something is too easy for us, we become bored and quit at the first distraction. However, if something is too challenging for us, we can't engage and we give up quickly. In order to experience flow, we need to find that perfect middle ground where it's not too easy and not too hard. Video game makers are really great at this. As you progress through the video game, the skill involved gradually increases. If the game required the same level of challenge all throughout, you'd quickly get bored and lose interest. But they want you addicted to their game, so they've mastered the art of providing a chance for mastery. Video game players constantly get feedback to show them their accomplishments and progress. We can also see mastery at work in our jobs. If you've ever started a new job, you understand that 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 feeling of overwhelm as you try to learn the new job. It takes time for new employees to fully engage in their job because everything is a challenge. And at first, the challenge is often just beyond their skill level. It's unlikely that you'll experience flow in the first couple weeks of a new job. But eventually, many people get there and can get into a state of flow at work where the days just fly by. But sometimes you might notice that you start finding it harder to focus at work. You're easily distracted and the days seem to drag on. If you've been in the same job for years, this is often what happens. You've reached the point of mastery in your daily work and you no longer have to call upon higher levels of skill to do your job. The challenge is gone and you're bored. This doesn't mean all hope is lost and you don't necessarily have to find a new job, but you do need more of a challenge. So you talk to your supervisor about your current role and projects to find out how you can add more mastery into your position. What can you do that will call upon you to re-engage in your work and present you with a new challenge? So the first thing we need in order to experience peak flow is mastery. There has to be just the right amount of challenge to keep us growing 
and improving, building momentum. The second thing required for peak flow is mindfulness. By definition, flow occurs when we are completely focused on the task at hand. But what if you can't get yourself to focus long enough to even get into a flow state? This has become a major challenge for a lot of people in the midst of the pandemic. Many people are working from home, which provides more distractions than they're used to, or they're trying to work while their kids are at home for remote learning, or maybe they're just simply distracted constantly by the endless cycle of drama and news and stress that we've got going on. Many of us had strong systems and routines in place pre-pandemic, but the ever-changing realities of our current lives make it difficult to create and maintain any kind of system or routine. Everything keeps changing. And without these processes and habits, it's really hard to block out distractions and get focused. We're constantly switching from one task to another, never allowing ourselves the chance to even put all of our focus into one activity, robbing ourselves of energy and excellence. I'm in several messenger chat groups where my friends discuss running and other life topics at various times all throughout the day. When I'm cleaning my kitchen, if I hear my phone ding, indicating that someone has said something in the chat, I will rush across the room to see what they said. It's probably not anything worth stopping what I'm doing, but when I'm trying to clean the kitchen, I will use any excuse I can to take a break. Mindfulness and fully engaging in the task of washing dishes just sounds like sheer torture to me. I will never experience peak flow while washing dishes. But... If I'm out on a run and my phone starts dinging with those messenger chats, I pay no attention to it, which is interesting because most of the time, these are my running friends who are talking about running, something that's very exciting to me. But if I'm out actually on a run, experiencing that runner's high, deep in a flow state, I just keep running and I catch up on the messages later. Same distraction, but it doesn't always distract me in the same way. However, if my friends are talking on chat in the few minutes before I go out on a run, then I can easily get sidetracked and procrastinate my run so that I can talk with my friends. In order to get into mindfulness, we have to actually get started. And this is where a lot of us really struggle with engaging in a flow state. We know the activity we need and want to do is good. We know we'll enjoy it once we start. We know that we need to do it. But there is some level of challenge or discomfort required to get started. You can't build any momentum until you put forth an initial burst of energy. Getting dressed and out the door is literally the hardest part of running. That's why a lot of experts tell people trying to build an exercise habit that they should sleep in their workout clothes so they wake up with one less hurdle to getting started. I love listening to podcasts on my run. It fuels my love of learning, it's a great distraction when my body starts getting tired, sore, and hungry, and I actually run faster when I listen to podcasts over music. But for some reason, my mind always tries to tell me that it's so much more fun when I listen to music when I run. It's not. The truth is, I have never regretted listening to podcasts on a run, but I have sometimes regretted listening to music. I just enjoy my runs better when I'm learning. I've never tried to claim that I'm not a nerd. But I have to get over that initial draw to listen to music. I have to remind myself that I enjoy my runs better when I listen to podcasts. 
I do the same thing to get myself to start running when it's 10 degrees outside and snowing. I've never regretted going on a run. It's only cold for the first half mile. I know how amazing and strong and proud I will feel when I'm done. And I have to focus on these kinds of thoughts to fuel my butt to get out the door. Mindfulness doesn't just happen. Sure, it's a heck of a lot easier to get into a flow state when it's something we can passively fall into and experience enjoyment. If I told you to go find your favorite game, video game, board game, sports game, and play it with someone you enjoyed spending time with, you probably wouldn't hesitate. That's easy to do. But activities that lead to growth often have just enough challenge to them that we must actively decide and essentially force ourselves to get started, even when we don't feel like it. So turn off the notifications on your phone, get into an environment where there are no distractions, and remind yourself of how you will feel when you're done to help you get into a productive and motivated mindset. Then just get to work and use your brain to block out distractions and temptations until you settle into the activity long enough to gain the momentum you need to experience flow. So in order to experience flow, the activity must involve some kind of mastery. We must have the chance to use our skills at just the right level to make progress. We also need mindfulness. We have to block out distractions, temptations, and push ourselves to actually get started long enough to give our minds the chance to fully engage. And finally, we come to mattering. The experience of peak flow requires that we pursue something that matters to us. This is why my addiction to reading fiction left me feeling empty and stuck. Because I started reading to give myself the chance to rest and relax. And I don't actually need 150 books worth of rest and relaxation in a year. At least not the same kind of rest and relaxation. And this is where I want to point out that what may be an activity that leads to peak flow for me may not be an activity that leads to peak flow for you. What is healthy and good for me may not be for you. What matters is our own personal interests and values and our life season. My husband loves to play video games and he has some really incredible quality experience playing video games with our kids. They've been playing some Pokemon game that Santa brought for Christmas and loving it lately. They take turns, they research online, and watch each other play for hours. And they've been having a blast. And a part of me sees that and wants to be a part of this quality family experience. And then I realize that I would kind of rather stab out my eyeballs. I absolutely hate playing video games. They bore me to tears, and the idea of just sitting around and watching other people, even other people that I love the most in the world, play a video game makes me want to scream (laughs) and cry. Video games do not matter to me in the slightest, and it will not be a quality family experience for anyone if I tried to join their party. We'd all be miserable. My kids and husband are able to experience this meaningful peak flow state by playing video games together. By design, video games involve mastery. They're fun to them, so it's easy for them to get into mindfulness and play for hours without distraction. And the experience of playing the game together and the competition of seeing who can get the farthest in the game makes it matter to them. 
It's like the challenge I set out for us in the last episode to do something fun with the people you love. Mattering can sometimes just mean fun. Play matters for all of us, especially when we're playing with people we really like. So don't get too serious when I mention mattering. Experiencing peak flow doesn't necessarily have to involve a world-changing activity, but it certainly could. It could also just be fun. For a while, my reading habit was fun. It was restful and relaxing during a season when I needed to give myself intentional time to de-stress. Grad school is hard, and my mind was overworked. Passively escaping into fiction helped. But once I graduated, what I actually needed was to pursue an activity that engaged me in a different way. I no longer needed so much rest and relaxation. I was stressed out and bothered by a lot of what was happening in our world, the pandemic, political unrest, social injustice, and the more small-scale concerns of helping my kids handle the challenges we were facing or developing new friendships after we changed churches or overcoming the challenges and obstacles of trying to learn entrepreneurship as a family. I no longer needed an activity that helped me disengage and turn off my urge to keep doing stuff like I did in grad school. What I needed was an activity that helped me press in and make a difference, to feel like even in the midst of all the dark and all the hard that our world is currently facing, that maybe something I was doing could make the world, or at least my life, a bit of a better place. I needed to feel like my existence mattered, that my day-to-day activities mattered. And for me, escaping into bookland in 150 books just doesn't matter that much at all. When I finish a book, I don't feel like I made the world a better place. I don't feel like I'm more connected to other people. I don't feel like I've accomplished anything valuable. When I discovered the concept of junk flow and recognized that I was filling my life with junk flow activities instead of peak flow activities, It suddenly made sense why I felt so frustrated and stuck, and I was determined to make some changes. It doesn't mean I never read fiction anymore. I absolutely do. I've discovered that in moderation, it does help my life feel more enjoyable and meaningful to relax in a fictional world at the end of a productive day. But that isn't the only flow experience I pursue these days. When I notice that I'm feeling hollow and blah, I take a look at the activities on my to-do list, the things I fill my day with, and I figure out how to increase my experience of peak flow. How can I make sure that what I'm doing involves a sense of progress and growth so I can experience mastery? What do I need to do to shut down distractions, temptations, and change my mindset to help me get started on a project long enough to mindfully and fully engage? And finally, how do my activities align with my values? What can I do to ensure that the work, the activities that I'm doing actually matter to me? If you recognize that you're languishing, that that more often than not you're feeling stuck and dissatisfied and blah, I encourage you to take some time to identify activities that you can do more often that would lead to peak flow. The first step is simply to pay attention to times when you lose your sense of self and lose all track of time and space. And maybe you have to think back because that doesn't happen much at all these days, but think back to other times in your life when you know you experienced that. 
and then begin to look at those activities and try those activities and experiment with them to see if they involve mastery and mindfulness and mattering. Passive engagement and binging on things that buffer us from filling the hard parts of our life might bring a temporary escape, but they will never help us flourish. This pandemic and the hard parts of life that we're feeling right now may feel like they will last forever. It is so tempting to try to numb ourselves and avoid pressing in. But what will actually help us is developing a sense of purpose, experiencing moments of bliss, and continuing to grow and develop into the people God has designed us to become. Thanks for listening to the Working Moms Balance Podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with a friend. You can also rate and review the podcast to help more people find us. Be sure to check out workingmomsbalance.com for show notes and additional ideas to help you thrive. You can also find me on Instagram at Tracy Kolwicki. Thank you so much for joining me today. Make sure you are subscribed and I'll see you here next week.